0: Good afternoon, everyone. We are back again for another Spring Break 2018 conference, and it's actually spring. That's the great thing. When we normally would be having this thing, uh, we've had it in early April, and if you recall, April was a pretty much a lost month as far as weather was concerned, so that would have been kind of a downer. Uh, just thinking about that, but here we actually can enjoy, and they have remodeled this hotel, um, from what I can see too. So actually, you got some new furniture, you got some new fixtures. If you stay at a hotel long enough, they usually cycle through every seven years; they do a remodel. So we've been here we've been here seven years, <laughs> so that's been uh, that's been a very good thing. Um, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it very much. Um we um, looks like we've gotten our uh, uh electronic challenges taken care of. We're all good to go with that from everything we can tell. Um uh show uh we'll, we'll just have to see how things are going. As as I'm speaking here, Travis is texting me. <laughs> hey, what time are y'all going to Fridays? Um, it's a it's a half an hour <laughs> so I'm going to let him know that um right now, so but the, just to take care of all of that, but um, we appreciate your being here and what we'll do is we're going to proceed now with the program. I want to thank you for being here um, We hope that you have a really good time here this weekend um, we um hope you are also inspired by what God has to say to you um, and I want to thank the Hampton Inn. Uh, this is the seventh consecutive year we've been here, um, and uh, we had uh, some initial challenges, um, but we were able to overcome those before we got here, and uh, we'll talk about that offline. We won't spend a whole lot of time talking about that. But just want to remind you, too, about our conference and what we do here and why we do what we do. Um, first of all, the idea is to get an in-depth look at the development of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the first purpose. These are all relationship-oriented conferences, but the, the ultimate goal is to make sure that you are developing your relationship with the Lord through Jesus Christ. We always do biblical reinforcement. We're going to emphasize uh, as we go through this program that you can jot down and make a note of Bible verses that we have we uh, that we'll be covering uh, because we'll be reading some, but we'll also be giving you some to look at for reference point. But the Bible verses are very, very important. Everything that we always do is always going to have the biblical reinforcement. That's very important to consider and to remember. Um, We are encouraging you to ask questions and participate. Um, The handouts that are available, they will be used through the program um, at different points. So you'll be seeing those and we'll be talking about those. And the most important thing, the reason why we do this is for you to relax and have fun. This is the one venue that we do outside of our normal church environment and it is a great place for you to come and relax. That's what that's what this is all about. And sometimes you have to make yourself get to a different place to relax. And uh we've found that to be true. Uh that's because we go on vacation and we make sure that we get to a different place to do what? To relax and have fun. Um, it's it's part. Of, if you want to get out of your regular routine, this is part of that. This is how we do that, and this is how our church participates in that. Let's look at this weekend and what we'll be talking about, and what we'll be discussing. Um, first of all, we're going to be talking about how faith and belief work together. We're going to be looking at faith and belief, and how those do work together. They are going to be a very important element of this conference. And so we'll be looking at that a little bit more deeply. We're going to be taking a look at the area devoted to a concern for everyone. And this whole conference is about overcoming areas of doubt in your life. Doubt is a big obstacle that we all have to go through. And it's true for me. It's true for everyone in this room. So when I wrote this seminar and I looked at this material, I'm looking at it and I'm reading it and I'm looking at what's being actually going to be discussed this weekend. I'm saying, boy, this really applies to me too. There's a lot here to take in and consider. The opposite of having faith and believing in someone or something is to doubt. Doubt, a huge, doubt is a huge stop sign in the life of many believers. We read the Bible and see how God provides for us over and over again, but we have trouble seeing how this applies on a personal level. I think I mentioned um, last week in Sunday School how important it is for us to be able to have this stuff applied to us personally. It's one thing to see it. It's one thing to even see other people experience it. But now we're talking about how does it apply to you personally. In order to overcome doubt which is a natural response to what life throws at you, you need to rely upon faith, of course. But even more than that, know and understand that you're not alone in your faith journey. You have all kinds of help. You have all kinds of help with this. But you need to know where to get the help from and where it comes from. So we're going to explore this in greater detail this weekend, and I trust that what is shared will help you to see that you're not a bad person where you lack faith. This is not about saying, well, because you lack faith, that makes you a bad person. That's ridiculous. And the reason why I say it's ridiculous is because Jesus created us this way. We're going to have trouble with faith. He challenged his own disciples with faith, helping them to increase their faith. So this is something that we'll be discussing and talking about. In other words, if you, you don't compare yourself to someone else, well, so and so looks like they have a great faith. They really know what they're doing. They really have it on ball on the ball. They really have it together. And probably, if you really looked at their life, nothing could be further from the truth. Because we all need help with this very area. We can all do better with faith. And believe that God will accomplish many wonderful things in our lifetime, and he has much more to do with us. We're also going to explore how to see what is possible. The theme of this is about with God all things are possible. We need to be able to see what is possible, and understand what is possible in this whole presentation. And as we discuss this today and tomorrow, you'll be seeing more about what that really means. We're going to look at God's provision to help your belief slash faith. God gives us something to help us with this thing called faith and how we believe. And I don't know that it's talked about as much, but we need to understand that God already knows all about who you are as a person. And so he's going to provide for you, just as he provides the Holy Spirit to guide you, he's going to give you something to help you with this thing called faith. And we're also going to see how you can respond to this provision of faith. So that's going to be this program. That's what we're going to cover all this weekend. Well, we say all this weekend, actually through tonight and tomorrow around noon or so. Um, So that's something to look forward to and discuss And I would just challenge you just to make sure that you're looking at what these verses are saying and looking again at the personal application aspect of this. Okay, so the first issue here that we're going to look at as part of our introduction is to believe it. And when we say believe it, it's how to see what is possible. How to see what is possible. And we're going to look at faith and belief in in greater detail and, and talk about those things. So it all starts with believing in the possible. In God's plan and according to his will, everything is possible. Now what does everything mean? Everything. Now everything is as limited or as expansive as you want it to be. Isn't that right? Everything can mean literally everything that you go through in your life, or pieces, parts. What hampers you is your level of understanding, your level of reasoning, because we can reason our way to dumb that down to be so much less than everything. That's very important for us to see. Now, when we say everything is possible, this isn't a motivational speech, or a rah rah comment that can eventually fall flat because you know you can motivate someone all you want to, but you know it's kind of hard to motivate a team when they've been slacked 42 to nothing. Motivation only goes so far. Okay, um, if you're on the losing side of a blowout, that's not going to mean a whole lot to you. But believing in the possible is much more than that. It's rooted in God's truth, His sovereignty, and his perfect timing. Did you get that? God's truth, His sovereignty, and His perfect timing. It's an expectation, and yet it devotes its proper energy back to what God deems necessary for glorifying Him. You know, ultimately what it comes down to is glorifying Him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to keep in mind as well, too. The Christian and Missionary Alliance when we're talking about believing in the possible, refers to Jesus Christ appropriately as the Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. Each of these character attributes of Christ require a belief in His ability and faith in His future promises. You get that? A belief in His ability and faith in his future promises. You're going to see how these words belief and faith are going to work together to help us to understand what this is all about. But you have to believe that Jesus Christ can do what he says he's going to do, and you have to have faith that what he says in his word and his promises are actually going to take place. First of all, you believe that Jesus Christ is a Savior because of what he did on the cross for you. You believe that he died on the cross for your sins, and you believe that he did this to ensure that you would have a place in heaven once you believe in him. You believe he's a sanctifier because of his fulfilled promise of the the helper, the Holy Spirit. You believe that that helper dwells within you and that he is there to help you remain obedient to Jesus Christ. Now this is all Christianity 101. Everything I'm saying here is stuff that you should understand from what you've been learning. You believe that Jesus is a healer because you have experienced his healing, or you've seen him heal others. Amen? Amen. You've seen this. You've seen evidence in this, or you've experienced it personally. You have faith that he will heal everyone who needs healing, and that he is powerful enough, even when it does not happen, According to your expectations. That's the other thing to keep in mind, too. Everyone isn't healed in the same way that we would expect to be healed physically. But you don't know what God is doing in that person's life. There may be a spiritual healing that's taking place, even in the midst of the physical healing, not taking place the way you would see it. For this reason, your faith reminds you of who God Almighty really is. Jesus Christ is Lord and not a genie from a magic lamp. You may have heard that terminology before. I've used it. I've heard someone else use it, I think Pastor Travis used it, about the genie from a magic lamp. When God is like a genie to you, you've got some serious problems. Because your expectations now are completely different from how God operates. So we'll leave that where it is, right? In this fallen world, we have to always go back to the fact that God is sufficient for us without regard to who or where we are. You believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal God who was there from the very beginning. That's from John chapter 1, verse 2. And you have faith that he will return from the clouds just as he went up into them as our king. And that's from Acts 11. So if our belief is rooted in Jesus Christ, then we are challenged to believe everything that he represents. Nevertheless... Faith calls us to do even more. Understand that everybody when they first start out learns about who Jesus Christ is and what we what we just discussed from those attributes that we've given. So there's one thing we need to look at here is John 20 verses 26 through 29. We're going to look at how faith calls us to do even more. If you want to turn to that, you can. I mean that's it's a it's a verse that we are going to look at, but I want you to see the example that's given here. In John chapter twenty, verse twenty six through twenty-nine. I should have got you guys ready, didn't I? You can get, you can use your Bibles here. Roscoe, you can use your electronic device. <laughs> hey, so well that's good. It's always helpful. I'm going to read that passage from the NIV. But I want you to see what's very important here. Because many of us are going to be like Thomas. Thomas is a great example. He's one of the disciples. One of the people who was trusted to travel with Jesus and go around. And yet here is something that's very important for us to see. Thomas had his own mind about this thing called faith. He knew who Jesus was. He was around him. He spent time with him. But yet, when it came down to seeing something special, he had to have evidence. That's most of us, if we're honest. It says, A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Now notice, Jesus knew exactly what Thomas was about. Trust me when I tell you this, Jesus knows exactly about you and your level of faith and understanding. For him to actually single out Thomas and say, do this, he knew who he was dealing with, he knew all about his heart, he knew about who that person was. Personalize this. He said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. But what did he have to do? Jesus helped him with this. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, there's a way to read this passage where we don't need to say that Thomas is a goof because he didn't get it the first time. That would be incorrect. This doesn't mean that Thomas was rebuked for not believing. That wasn't a rebuke. He was helping him with this. Jesus made himself available for Thomas, and he does the same thing for those of us who are like Thomas because he wants us to believe too. Just the way Thomas did. Now, if we can do it without the evidence in front of us and believe and trust, great. But sometimes we need more. We are challenged with more. This is all about progression as a believer in Jesus Christ. We're making progress all the time, Amen? amen? Thank the Lord that we're making progress. Because there are going to be moments where your faith is this big compared to this big. But that's not a horrible thing. It just means you need work in that area. He wants us to believe too. However, note that a large part of your belief effort is associated with faith. A large part of your belief effort is associated with faith. Here's why. Take a look at Hebrews 11.1. You can write that down but you can also turn to it. Hebrews 11.1 1. This is a very well-known verse but you have to almost dig into this verse to look at it and see what it's really saying to you. And there are some words in this verse that are great. Now I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation has a great way of writing this representing this passage. But it says in Hebrews 11.1 one, as I slowly wait for some people to turn. Faith is the confidence that we will hope for will actually happen. It gives assurance about things we cannot see. You get that? Faith is the confidence. That what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Remember how we talked about faith is about the things we can't see. We can't see it. It's not, it's a physical thing. So when we look at that, look at what this says. Belief eventually extends to faith and faith is a confidence and assurance that what you believe is true now and in the future. And that's a mouthful. Mouthful. That's a mouthful. But you have to look. There are some key words that I underline there for you. Confidence and assurance. Faith is believing that something's going to happen and that you are confident about it. And what happens when you lack confidence? You're not sure about something. There's a problem with it. There's an issue with it. You're not really confident about the outcome. But ultimately, your faith has to have a measure of confidence in order for you to be able to proceed. You know, sometimes faith is about stepping out somewhere where you're not comfortable. Amen? Amen? Amen. Faith has a lot to do with stepping outside of a comfort zone. And that's something that we're going to look at a little bit more in detail. But we need to see those words confidence and assurance as we're talking about this whole thing about belief and faith. And notice how it says now and in the future. Sometimes it's relevant today. But we don't know anything about our future, do we? As far as where we are in life and stuff like that. The only future that we have an assurance of, if we really believe it, is that we're going to be fellowshipping with the Lord in heaven when we leave here. Now that's important to know too. Because that's something that's also very important too. What happens with non-believers? Where do they, I have no idea what's going to happen to me when I die. I'm going to cease to exist. Stephen Hawking said, I'm not going to exist anymore. I'm going to die. I'm not going to live anymore. I'm just not going to exist. That's what he really believed. Well, what is it to not exist? He never got the part about you were created as an eternal being in the first place. Never got that. And you almost have to believe that his life, you know, he was not a paraplegic or quadriplegic his whole life. That was a progressive disease that took him to that place where he was in a wheelchair. He was walking around and talking just like all of us when he was younger. That can have an effect on your life too. So we need to see that and understand it for what it really is. So everything is possible for the believer who sees Jesus Christ in his fullness. So that gives you a premise of what we're going to be discussing this, this weekend, tonight. And your challenge is going to be to look at the personal application of what we discuss as well, too. It's a very important topic as we learn and look to disciple other people. Because we need to be able to be confident about what we're speaking of. If you're not confident about your own aspects of belief and faith, then obviously discipling someone is going to be a real problem. (laughs) It's going to be a real difficult thing for you to do. Does anyone have any questions at all? It's clear as mud? Okay. That's all right. The topic is a little bit, I won't say heavier, it's a different topic. But it's a topic that will hopefully challenge you a little bit as we have the conversation. And this is all about, again, your relationship with Jesus Christ and what you can do to bolster and strengthen your faith. So we are, we're only like seven minutes ahead, but we're, I'm going to mention the dinner break is coming up now. So for those of you who are into dinner, uh, and most of us here are into dinner, um, there are a number of restaurants that you can go to in this area. Uh, If you're not familiar with this area, then All you have to do is just drive a short distance, and all these things are there, right? Um, Texas Roadhouse is right across. TGI Friday's is also right across the the lot here. Both of those restaurants offer a 10% discount for hotel guests. If you're a guest here at the hotel, you can let them know, and you get an extra 10% off on your meal. So just keep that in mind as well, too. And typically, Lynn and I go to TGI Friday's. So... uh, yeah, show them your room key if they ask for it. Um, sometimes they take your word for it because I guess they figured everybody's not going to come and ask for 10%. That's a TGI Fridays and Texas Roadhouse. Both will do your 10% discount. Now, you've got a lot of time. We give you this time to just kind of fellowship and relax and enjoy the place where you go. You can come back at 7.30. We're going to resume the program at 7.45. Okay? everybody. It's all copacetic. Right yeah. Okay, right on. Alright, well thank you. We will see you then at seven thirty and we'll check with you.